and welcome to Things That Make You Go Woo. I'm your host, Emily Barnard, also known as Emily and Her Stars. I'm a medium, an astrologist, an Akashic Records reader, an artist, and an all-around just silly and curious gal. In this podcast, I'll be sharing the things and people I find fascinating, funny, and inspirational. Things that I hope will certainly make you go woo, too. Today's episode is about something that I think is a vitally important topic that does not get enough coverage. Death. Now, as a medium, I probably talk about it too much. (laughs) And aside from my friends who are hospice workers and the occasional other spiritual woo-woo friend, not many people are willing to talk about death. It brings up feelings of grief and loss, which most of us are more than happy to avoid. And then once you start thinking about death, that leads to talking more about death. And then before you know it, you aren't invited to parties anymore. There's a Bhutanese saying, to be happy, we should contemplate death five times daily. That represents how important it is to stay present and make each and every moment count. Today's guest is my dear friend, Melinda Peterson of Scarlet Coaching. She is a near-death experience survivor. And before I get into her story, I want to clinically define what a near-death experience or an NDE is. Now, according to the International Association for Near-Death Studies or IANS.com, they define it as follows. An NDE is a distinct subjective experience that a minority of people report after a near-death episode. In a near-death episode, a person is either clinically dead, near death, or in a situation where death is likely or expected. Many near-death experiencers or NDEers have said the term near death is not correct. They are sure that they were in death, not just near it. Nevertheless, because they were not permanently, irreversibly dead, the term near death can be understood to mean actually in the first moments of death, though not permanently dead. I ask you to listen to today's episode with an open heart and an open mind, because what Melinda is going to share may stretch your belief of the afterlife. But as a medium, I can confirm it's what Spirit has shared with me as well. Also, please note the audio on this is a little different than normal. We were both in the same room and I was trying out a new technique with separate speakers on the same system. So there's a little bit of a static buzz feedback, but don't let that keep you from listening. Hello, Melinda. Thank you so much for being on my episode today. And for all of you out in listening land, Melinda is actually in my office. This is very (laughs) un-COVID-like. And we're having so much fun. We're drinking vanilla chai together and just having a wonderful morning. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. (laughs) And my favorite drink of choice. We're twins. We are. It's that Gemini in us. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) So Melinda and I met in a business container um, with... Susan Hay of Damon Hart, which we both 
kind of stumbled on almost, I think, the same week and decided we needed help taking our business to the next level and just to gain some confidence. But we became pretty fast friends within the container. (laughs) And now that it's over, I'm lucky enough that she lives in my state, not too far away. And so we decided awkwardly, it's like a first date, to meet each other (laughs) in person for tacos and margaritas and to chat on my podcast about Melinda's incredible experience. So I'm so honored and excited to have you here today. Thank you. Yeah, when you said, come on down, let's get some tacos and chat about death, I was like, (laughs) when can I come down? (laughs) How soon can I be there? How soon can I be there? And those tacos were amazing, by the way. They were pretty amazing. Yeah, we gotta go back. Okay, so what would you say is your woo-woo superpower? This is a tough one for me because I think of woo in so many ways. Right. Uh, if I had to nail down the one that's relevant to this talk today, I'd say <laughs> a healthy relationship with the other side. So I that gave me chills. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, when I was working um, in a hospital, you know, I'm a nurse and a coach. So basically a coach with a specialized nurse training and experience. Uh, When I was working in a hospital, a lot of other nurses would call upon me if somebody was at that point where they were near death um, and it was an acceptable outcome for the patient and the family. Mm -hmm. And they would say, just please come and be there and provide some healing energy so this person can move forward peacefully and so I would and it would happen and it was beautiful and we'd feel that release Mm -hmm. which is one of the most powerful experiences you can be there for and as powerful as birth yes exactly Mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the things that's so important is that we start looking at it at looking at it that way yeah yeah I love that. Um, so I don't know how many times or with who you shared your experience. I'm honored that you're willing to share it here. And for the listeners out there, if you are triggered in any way by this, um, please no hard feelings if you can't listen. But for those of you that um, push through it, this is probably the one, one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard. So... Tell me a little bit about your near-death experience. Thank you. Okay, so there's so much to unpack here. Sure. And what I will say is there are a number of experiences out there, and there's so much reading you can do upon it. And mine is just one experience, and so I just want to encourage anyone who's interested to get out there and learn as much as you can because it will help foster a healthy relationship with death Mm -hmm. and it will help kind of help heal some of those fears that you have about about death sure and i want to say that one of the most awesome commonalities in all of these experiences you know that i've looked at since my own experience is that the fear of death is completely gone Mm. it just disappears wow and that 
there's these automatically downloaded lessons that you come back with that change your life forever. I'm shaking my head. This is, yeah, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And And that's the truth. And I think that as we move forward in our new kind of woo spiritual awakening <laughs> that we're having mm-hmm. as a collective community, we have to really look at how we feel about death, what our fears are, what our values are around it, and how we can lean into it a little bit more now while we're healthy and we're here and we can start to make peace with the fact that we all are going to experience it. <laughs> the number one thing we all have in common. <laughs> the number one thing we do. Yeah. yeah. Some of us just die a little more often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, side note here. Why, why do you think talking about death has become kind of this taboo topic? In our culture specifically, you know, we're very youth obsessed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always trying to turn back time. We're always trying to look younger, feel younger. And, you know, of course, there's nothing wrong with being healthy and looking healthy, of course. Right. Uh, I just believe that a lot of that is deeply rooted in a fear of death. And I don't, I don't know if it's just because we don't understand it and again I think the more you know about a topic like anything really in this world the more you know about it the less you fear it right and it's not something that's taught in schools it's not something that we talk about in our friend groups well outside of the woo groups (laughs) some friend groups (laughs) yeah Like you said, if you talk about it at a party, you won't be invited again. Believe me, I've been there. Oh, no. It's an interesting conversation to have because I think it's absolutely been generationally bred into us, this idea of the fountain of youth and... You got to live your best years before you're 18 because it's all downhill from there. And especially as women, you know, you hit 45 and suddenly you're in a completely different category of old makeup, old clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And we're just viewed differently. But the idea of talking about the not only our golden years, but these end of life years where you can contemplate and look back on everything but also to do it, it doesn't always have to be in a spiritual container. It doesn't always have to be in the church. It can be something that we talk about with our families. Absolutely. And we must, mm. we must talk about it with our families. And there's kind of two parts to that. One, of course, is the will and what your desires are for your, your you know, your children or your goods your house that kind of thing of course the legalities of what happens to you because that can be very traumatic for the family on top of all the grief that they're going through to try to sort that out if it's not figured out ahead of time Mm -hmm. but then the second part of course is just what kind of relationship do you have with death and what kind of setting you know would you like when you start to get to that point if you are so lucky to have that option of course there are some people who 
have sudden death and don't have that option. But even still, and this is beyond like what kind of funeral, what kind of service, I'm talking about like what, like whether or not you'll have a relationship with your family member while you're on the other side. Like I, and I've actually had this conversation with my sister. Mm -hmm. We joke about it all the time. Like, how am I going to know when you're here, when you're going to send me, when you're sending me messages? And Mm -hmm. we have like our little jokes about songs that we'll play, like certain Prince songs, you know, (laughs) I'll know that's her, you know, sending me a message. And we have open conversations about these kinds of things. And I would love for more people to do that as well. Yeah, because our loved ones on the other side are always with us. They're as close as being on the other side of a piece of paper. Yes. They're physically around us all the time. And yeah, to open that line of communication and start the idea of common signs and how can I connect to you when you're gone. It's Mm -hmm. a beautiful conversation. Absolutely. Yes. And the veil is very thin and it's very amazing on the other side. And before I get into kind of the meat of my story too, uh, I just want to recognize that grief and loss are human experiences and they're awful and they can look like so many things and they can last as long as they're going to need to last. Mm -hmm. We grieve. Mm -hmm. We are human beings. We love each other grief is an expression of love and sharing my experience and how beautiful it is on the other side is not to at all um, make people think that they're not allowed to grieve because grief is important Mm -hmm. and um, other animals grieve as well elephants grieve there's so i mean it it is a natural thing to do and there's no timeline for grief and it's definitely not linear oh yes not linear and looks different for everyone Mm -hmm. you can have a wonderful week and grief will hit you like a 60 mile an hour ball out of left field yes (laughs) you least expect it yes and it's I think easy for us to put that blame on ourselves. Like, why am I thinking about, why am I being sad? Yes. Yes. You have to take grief as it comes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've talked a little bit about what an NDE is. Yes. Can we talk about yours? Yes. Okay. So I was pregnant with my first and only. Um, My son Oak and I died together due to an unexpected uterine rupture Mm -hmm. at the beginning of my third trimester. So I came back and he kept going. Yeah. Makes me tear up. Yeah. Yeah, all you pregnancy loss mamas out there and parents out there, I feel you. I feel you. So I was in a coma for two weeks in the hospital for a month. Almost every organ had failed. I was on complete life support. And I basically, when I came back to my physical body, um, was almost like an infant myself. 
I had to relearn how to talk and walk. I couldn't lift my arms. I was completely dependent on others. And I have a large scar that basically um, bisects half of my body. And so um, I had no ab strength from that as well. And just while that was healing and the rest of me was healing, so in the experience, I had a less than 1% chance to come back to the physical body and be a functioning human being. But at the time, I didn't know all this was going on other than what I will share here in a second. I, um, so I like to tell this experience kind of in parts yeah. because on the other side, linear time does not exist. Uh, there's no time at all. It's it, time is a human construct, and it makes sense. That's how we run our society, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. We need the time to know when to drink our chai. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so linear time doesn't exist at all. But what I will say, as a first experience, from what I can tell was the first time where I realized that I was not my body. And so I was in the emergency department. They were working on me, doing all these things, and suddenly everything went black and just completely gone. Like, no recollection of anything, no no, no memories. I couldn't just hear darkness. anything. Just dark. And... I heard a voice say, did I just die? And it wasn't my voice per se. It was a voice, the, my spiritual you. And so that was my first realization that there was a body and a spirit, you know, whatever you want to call it, but a spirit mm -hmm. identification of I am mm -hmm. that was recognizing, okay, the body is, is done for now and I'm starting to separate and what's interesting is your senses so like seeing hearing you know they all start to kind of jumble and change and in my experience and so I was seeing through my ears so I was wow yeah I was <laughs> I, I know. This, this that's is, why it's called things that make you go woo. This is why it's making, <laughs> yes, it's thinking about the woo. And this is why it's so hard for me to explain. Sure. And it's taken me so long because this experience was in 2014. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to describe in human language. We just mm -hmm. don't have the words for it. Mm -hmm. We just don't. Mm -hmm. um, but so basically, so I was seeing through my ears mm -hmm. so i was noticing as i was seeing we'll just go with that seeing um you know certain doctors and things that were happening to me and in the future i actually asked my husband about a certain doctor name and um he said no no that doctor wasn't involved in your care at all and I had I had multiple doctors but there was this kind of core team mm -hmm. and he said no 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 I've never heard that name never heard that name well I went back and I looked at my chart and sure enough that was the doctor who had first broken the news about um the baby my baby oak 
having passed and yeah wow yeah so I was picking up on all of this information outside of my body mm-hmm. basically and it was like a flash I was burst into the universe that's spectacular basically that's... yeah it's it's the most brilliant um, show array of stars and light and glorious music and love and I can't describe that kind of love with again with human language all I can say is that the closest thing I've come to it on earth has been when I've really looked in someone's eyes mm-hmm. or studied like really softly gazed at petals on a flower or feeling someone hold your hand for the first time okay you know that that kind of tingling feeling but basically times that by a million (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah and so i the spiritual i um was on this journey so to speak in in this universal world and i felt so comfortable and i was just ready for it and while it was occurring memories and things on earth that i knew as melinda Mm -hmm. were starting to disappear and i knew it was it was like shedding layers you know but i was okay with that i was just so enamored with this love and peace that was happening and i felt supported from underneath almost like by like soft hands that were moving me forward uh, towards this beautiful light experience. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, there were spiritual beings that I knew as people who were either in my life, who I cared about, who had passed on, or who I had wanted to know, but never got a chance to, but meant something to me and they don't look like we do on earth right they don't have like a face and all that (laughs) (laughs) they um in my experience they were basically um light outlines almost like like a neon sign yeah like a single point of light in all the way around them yeah well yeah but it wasn't them like we would see a human body Mm -hmm. it was just a spirit like a light figurine I guess would be the best way to describe it and um, my spiritual knowing just knew that's so and so and I'm safe you know or that's you know I'm feeling guided by these by these beings and they're letting me know without having to say anything it's all kind of telepathic Mm -hmm. in the spiritual knowing are you in a open space are you standing somewhere what is What's going on around you? Yeah, it's completely open, completely open, but it's not scary. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, it was it's just like, and I think this is part of the reason why we're so attracted to space travel is because I think we're trying to go there. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to go Take there. Take me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting, too, because I was fascinated by space travel as a kid. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and I wanted to be an astronaut and all that. But I, yeah, I think that's because it feels very much like home for it's you know, comfortable. It's comfortable, yet it's breathtaking, and yet you're completely in this unknown experience at the same time. Yeah. Feeling this love. Wow. And your layers are shedding away. And these entities that you know and have wanted to know are surrounding you. Yeah. So how, okay, this is time and a human constraint. How long did this last? I don't know. I really don't know to this. Um, I was, at, at the meantime, my physical body, mm-hmm. I was receiving 30 plus units of blood product because I had completely bled out from internal bleeding. I was on a ventilator breathing for me. Um, like I said, my organs were failing. So there were all of these things happening that I was dying. And I don't, there's no real like time that you can mm-hmm. say on it as far as like when it started, you know. But, um, I, you know, I don't know. But, but what I will say is like it, it doesn't, it mattered it didn't matter to me but of course it mattered to my loved ones and that's something on earth and that's something that i think is the hardest part of my experience it was beautiful and amazing and at the same time my husband was on you know on the plane devastated and panicked and exhausted exhaust yeah yeah yeah, so it's it's such a weird moment because it's like you're having this wonderful experience and you and I honestly I didn't want to come back. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I am not super super excited that I came back. Right. I and I am. I actually really am because I have a whole new renown like love for this planet and for people that I, you know, didn't I didn't dive into before i i went through this experience but yeah when i think about you know what he went through and what my family went through it's hard for me to enjoy it so much (laughs) (laughs) you're like i know it was a really bad day probably the worst day you ever had but it was my best day yeah that's such a dichotomy. And, I mean, I lost my son. Oh. You know? So, so it, it's it's such a complicated story to share with people because people go, how can you go through all this and still have this outlook? Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, you know, it was a lot of it had to was because of this experience. And, of course, a lot of it was as my physical body was coming back, I had awesome support of all the people you know in my corner mm-hmm. but and and of course that I know Oak is in this loving safe container and doing what he's doing you know mm-hmm. on the other side but I'm human and I miss him and I grieve him and there's no reason that he had to be taken away from me you know it that's the hard part it we are still humans and it's messy and it's beautiful and it's painful and it's real and 
there's no purpose for pain, but there is purpose in pain. Say that again. Okay. <laughs> There's no purpose for for pain, mm-hmm. right? But there is purpose in pain. That's Yeah. You've left me speechless. Okay, so you're in this incredible space surrounded by loved ones, beings, feeling the most intense love you've ever felt. What happens? What happens next? I was becoming and feeling like less and less of a human. And when I say I, again, I just want to say, again, that spiritual I, and that includes Oak. Like, we never really separated, per se, Uh, He was kind of there along for the journey. My human body just didn't know yet that he had passed because I was so ill. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I, we, however you want to say it, I was becoming less and less of a human and more of like this being of light Mm -hmm. and this just overwhelming feeling of love and serenity just called to me. So in your physical body you're in a coma Mm -hmm. you're non-responsive yes and oak is with you in the spiritual plane yes and things are just yeah you're i i see what you mean when you're saying i'm becoming more light yes you're shedding the physical you're shedding things exactly so you're moving deeper on this path moving deeper on and then I started noticing um, kind of other lights coming into the scenario and they were a deeper orange and they were almost like four by four boxes of lights, like square lights that were um, underneath me and there was like little inside of these boxes and again i'm still traveling forward i'm still moving and still experiencing the beings and the and the lights there were almost like little murmurs of where i could pick up where people were crying for me or um you know praying for me or wishing you know for me other all the healing energy that was being sent was starting to kind of scramble in and it was it was beautiful but I was also like what's going on because there's all this other stuff happening and so almost like little portals yes wow exactly like like things were starting to not break down but things were starting to it was almost like being constructed in a way that i would start to come back Mm -hmm. and it was um at that point where i knew i had no choice Mm -hmm. yeah and it wasn't ever told to me like you have no choice you have to go back melinda you know grand voice of, of <laughs> yeah. god or the universe or anything like that yeah um but it just was that spiritual knowing mm-hmm. 
you know, kind of like it's just everything is immediately downloaded. All of this juicy information that you can bring back to life that you can't turn off. You just come back completely changed. And but everything, it was just like, like I said, there was no time. So I just kind of knew, okay, something was happening here that's that's a little bit different than what I'm experiencing now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of came back to my human body slowly. It was almost like in dream phases. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I... I think. I mean, I don't but totally like, know. If you ever wake up from a dream, but you're still in a dream like that? Yeah, sort it of felt layers. like that at first. So the near-death experience itself mm-hmm. felt completely different from anything like a dream phase. It felt like reality. Mm-hmm. But when I was starting to come back, it felt like like I was kind of moving down the layers of like consciousness so so to speak right and so i was coming back into my human consciousness as a with my soul knowing having been through this i know it's like it's 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 wild it's incredible it's wild um so i was starting to like come into the human consciousness so it was almost like i was going into a different dream phase where it was allowing me to settle back into humanhood okay and at the same time, Oak did, you know, continue on and he's so right there. He's so with me all the time. Mm. It, it, it's hard to explain, but it, it's like just like I was infused with his love. Ooh. So, so that's it was like you know kind of like a human shower like i was like sh- showered in his love and his energy so it was okay you know for all of these things to happen um mm-hmm. at the time right mm-hmm. you know of course when i came back to my human body i was like whoa well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoa wait what just happened <laughs> how many days were you unresponsive so almost two weeks yeah, and so they kind of, when you're in the coma, they try to slowly kind of bring you in and out. Mm-hmm. And um, there was, you know, good days and bad days. Like things would happen physically to me, you know, I, or and then I would strike a fever or something that didn't look good. And then um, I went into a medical process called DIC for those of you other who else, who else is in the medical field, which I didn't know until later, but it, it's basically translated to death is coming but the medical terminology for it is dissimulated intravascular coagulation which basically means you're bleeding and then your clots are bleeding and then they're causing more clots that are bleeding it's just like this complete like bleeding out cascade so things like that would happen where you know it looked good and then it looked bad and then it looked good again and looked bad and um you know after they did my surgery um, i did lose my ability to have future children at least by birth so sorry thank you thank you so and that's a whole nother story going through you know the grief and loss of an organ Mm-hmm. Yeah, those of those of you out there who've lost an organ can under you know understand it's it's 
it's it's a different it's a it's an interesting thing to go through but so, so you're coming back in layers yeah and what's the first day look like when you you've left that plane and you know you're here now yeah I so one of the first things that happened was I was feeling my hands even though I couldn't raise my arms but I could touch my hands and I was looking for my ring and my husband, he always breaks down in tears when he tells the story because he said, you were looking for your ring and we had to remove them because um, you were so swollen. And so I w- he, he was wearing it on his pinky finger the whole time. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's like, oh, she's looking for her ring. And she got all, he got so he excited. Knew. He yeah, knew. he knew. And... And I, so like little earthly things that will ground you, mm-hmm. um, I was looking for, and it, stones, right? There's, yeah, rocks, there's rocks. We know the power of stones. Mm-hmm. I was looking for that rock to ground me. Ground you. Mm-hmm. Ground me in my relationship, in my body, in what was happening, mm-hmm. just being back in the earthly plane. I was looking for that, that grounding and, um, my human brain was so confused um they would ask me questions like do you know what day it is you know just very traditional um assessments of consciousness and i tried to make it up because i couldn't come up with the right answer you didn't want to let him down that's so melinda They asked me if I could tell the time, uh, the clock on the wall, and mm-hmm. I had no clue. I couldn't read that clock at all, and so I just made up 8.30, because I thought it sounded good. <laughs> That's the light, like, outside. <laughs> Hoping that they wouldn't notice that I'm not doing so hot. Yeah, I think they noticed. <laughs> <laughs> So when's the first time you were able to say what happened to you? Yeah, I don't actually know. I just knew I was sick and I had little bits and pieces of mumbling of people around me that were saying things like about my condition and I was just kind of too sick and too tired to really care. Yeah, you were yeah. reiterated back to your body and exactly you're exhausted. Yeah, and that was it too. It was like, okay, I was in this beautiful thing, and now I'm coming back, and I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I yeah, and just little bits and pieces of information, and then you know when they did, I think by the time I mean when they told me about Oak, of course, like I already mm-hmm. knew. But it was this weird, like, human experience where I couldn't, I didn't have the words to say, well, yeah, sure, like, I I knew this, or I'm sad, or this is awful. Like, I didn't know exactly how to say that. All I could muster to say was, okay. Oh. Life, man. Life. (laughs) Not for the faint of heart. 
Not at all. Oh, and your husband, Ryan, was, mm-hmm. I'm sure, elated to have you back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was a journey. He never he spent every night in the hospital by my bedside and my sister kind they kind of traded off, you know, and like hours during the day so that they could shower, you know. And we were very lucky, you know, that we could do that. You know, all these people that went through COVID and couldn't have their loved ones at bedside, I just, that just adds another layer of, of sadness for me because you need those, you need your community. You as the patient need yeah, your community. Yeah, and on the other side, you need your community. You need, like, and the, those light beings that were basically telling me telepathically that everything was okay, I needed that. Like, we need each other. And that goes for having the relationship with somebody on the other side as well. So it's not just, you know, two people who've passed or two people who are living. There's the people who've passed and the people who are living relationship where we need each other as well. Love that. As a medium, I love that. Oh, and I'm sure you see that in your practice, right? I. It's amazing to me when spirit brings through evidence of things that have happened recently as proof that they are here witnessing and sharing in our joys and our losses. And to think that they're separate, it does a disservice to your relationship with them. Because they 100% know and they want to be involved. They want you to ask for them. They're craving that relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And when you have it, it's, it's something, right? We're still sad. We miss them. Yes. We miss them deeply. I just lost a really good friend. Mm-hmm. And we knew that she would die eventually but it was it was relatively sudden for us and oh, I think about her all the time I miss her so much and I know she's fine and she sends me messages all the time that she's fine and just yesterday she was playing songs for me on the radio on the way down the way here <laughs> and then she and if I that message wasn't strong enough um, a truck went by that had the same letters of her name basically said her name but with two different letters and I was just laughing and I said oh girl (laughs) thank you and I love you and that's what we can do for our loved ones on the other side when they send us messages is just say just laugh smile cry and don't dismiss them it's easy to say oh I saw a butterfly and it reminded me of my mother and oh you know, it's just a butterfly. I'm overthinking it and dismiss mm-hmm. it. But when you get that initial hit that made you think of them in that moment, that is the proof. That is the message. And don't dismiss it because the more you acknowledge it and embrace it, the more the messages that they'll send. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's such a loving experience. And it's still okay to be sad mm-hmm. and share in that love. It's that's just what and in fact like having those emotions 
reminds the being on the other side of what it's like to be human and they feel that energy too and you can connect in that way it's it's there for us they are there for us it's just it's different yeah and it's there for us this sounds like the most ridiculous question now that I'm going to say it out loud. <laughs> what lessons have you learned from your near-death experience? Oh, gosh. Whew, there's so many, and they just keep unfolding. Mm. You know, it's almost like it was automatically downloaded for me into a file. <laughs> <laughs> that sits in my soul, brain, heart, you know, we have many brains throughout our body, um, gut everywhere, intuition, and I just keep pulling files, you know, when different things happen, right? Um, but it's, well, the, of course, the biggest is I no longer have a fear of death, and I'm trying to encourage my loved ones, friends, community, everybody that I know that it's something that we don't need to fear, you know, and um, we can prepare for it, but we don't need to actually fear the actual death side of it. Mm -hmm. um, and the other lesson is that, that was really strong, was that we're all one. And whatever your kind of spiritual belief is mm -hmm. um and i before my experience i was actually less spiritual than i am now now i can't get enough of it like i love i i just love different kinds of religions perspectives on things and if you really look deep into like their core message it's usually almost always love and I think it's referring to that love that I can't describe in human language. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, all of, you know, whether it be Buddha or whether it be Jesus, like they are all important to us learning this message on earth. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, the message is compounded that it doesn't matter which road you took to get there, you're gonna get there. Oh, it, I also was not what I would say spiritual religious before I started connecting to spirit. A little bit agnostic, yeah. maybe thought I was atheist, but you know, I wanted to believe maybe that something but I didn't feel a connection to any one thing. And the first time I connected to spirit and felt what I can imagine is a fraction of the love that's on the other side, it's, it is indescribable. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting, people always ask me, well, are you afraid? Do you protect yourself? Are you sure you're connecting to the right thing and they bring in their fears yeah and I have never experienced anything that makes me afraid yeah. of what's on the other side oh it's the most incredible love 
so woo is a way to get there. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to say too, I'm not telling people to, you know, stop wearing seatbelts. Here's, here's my perspective on that. Um, It's the timing has a lot to do almost with music, right? So it's like the grand music of the universe. And there are times when certain notes are played. There are times when certain chords are played. And when spirits decide to join the other side is kind of when that timing in the music is there and their note is ready to be played. So if we try to rush it, it messes it up. It messes it up. Yeah. That's beautiful. I've never, I've never thought about the music on the other side. And you heard that Mm -hmm. when you were there. Yeah. And it's it's more than music. It's it, it provides the the construct it, the, almost. Yes, it provides the construct for the soul knowing, mm-hmm. which we all have and we can all tap into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the easiest ways to tap into the soul knowing here on this plane is through nature. Mm-hmm. Nature is expressive of of the music, and it's expressive of our souls and um, the colors in nature and and we can't even see like our human senses we don't there's so much we don't even see or hear or experience right and but that's okay because it gives us glimpses and messages of of how to how to better understand it is nature is amazing and yes rocks for sure (laughs) there's a lot of woo ways though for sure and i encourage everyone to dive into what what feels right for them yeah if they think a mediumship to encourage a relationship with their loved one on the other side is the way to go go for it if they're not comfortable with mediumship you know, there's other approaches. They could get a stone or a soft animal or a hike, you know, in nature or something. Holding where, an object of holding theirs. Holding an object of, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can go simple. Mediumship, you know, might be kind of advanced, right? <laughs> For some people, but um, there's so many ways to open up your woo and to start that relationship with death and the other side um, where it's not so scary anymore this has been an absolutely incredible talk i hope you come back <laughs> i hope so too. sure we're gonna get comments and questions and yeah i i could talk about this with you for days yeah. you know that <laughs> we're on day two already <laughs> yes we are so not to make light of this conversation in any way but to bring some of the fun and the woo back I have a couple of follow-up questions for you okay the first is what is your most precious woo-woo object and why definitely nature items specifically oak leaves and acorns oh Yes. Does he send you a lot of messages? Oh, yes. Actually, today, by the coffee shop, there was this group of oak leaves right on the sidewalk in front of the coffee shop. And I just laughed. I said, oh, hi. Oh, that gives me chills. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
it's fascinating you really start to notice these things and you lean into them but anyway any nature yeah any nature item but specifically oak leaves for sure and i love living near oak trees the, the power the energy the life force that's contained in those beings that have been here for 50 100 years and we're in colorado it's yeah. not like oak trees are on every block mm-hmm. <laughs> they're kind of rare yeah. in some ways so to find that yeah that's amazing mm-hmm. i'd be surprised if they were aspen leaves or pine boughs yeah but an oak leaf mm-hmm. downtown that's mm-hmm. beautiful all right and my last question when you're dead and gone <laughs> again <laughs> and someone wants to summon you back and ask for your assistance what would they need to place on an altar to attract you? Ooh, I love this question. <laughs> I love this question so much. Uh, well, on the sweet side, <laughs> yeah, most definitely marshmallows or s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, are you a burned marshmallow girl or just a brown marshmallow girl? I I'm not picky. (laughs) (laughs) I love them in any form. I don't judge. (laughs) They can express themselves however they want. (laughs) Okay, so a s'more with any kind of marshmallow. Any kind of marshmallow, yeah. Um, Prince music. Oh. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. I just adore him. Um and good book and a hammock mm-hmm. yeah i know that's a lot to put on an altar, put an <laughs> hammock on an altar. <laughs> they could put an image of the hammock yes or maybe they're eating a s'more in a hammock thinking about you mm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah there know, you just, go do- so Tell the listeners how they can find you and a little bit about your offerings. Mm. Because after your experience, you became a nurse. Mm-hmm. And now you've evolved that to even another level. Yeah. Helping people. So tell the people about your woo. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a life coach with the experience of being a nurse. So that means that I can integrate holistic healing with you know the medical education i have and the understanding of the physiology of the body but also of the mental experience and the spiritual experience and my company is called scarlet coaching and that is based on the Rumi quote where the wound is the place where light enters you Mm. well we at scarlet believe that the scar is the healing journey that lights your path forward so it's again it gets back to what you create from your experience and what you've learned and so you can find us at scarlet coaching so it's s-c-a-r-l-i-t coaching.com and then on the instagram i'm at scarlet (laughs) we shine so s-c-a-r-l-i-t we shine and upcoming we have a cool a couple cool offerings um 
I love like helping people make decisions. Like I don't believe pro and con lists just they just don't do it for us anymore. <laughs> so Scarlet has designed this choice model that's pretty cool. So we have an offering called Let's Make a Decision. And then um, we also do scar mapping and healing and life journey um, sessions. So those are coming up as well. And in a life journey session, what would that entail? So it would entail like looking at all of our scars, like just really unearthing all of them and just mapping them out. Mm -hmm. And then from there, drawing connections to create some healing and then what the inspiration for the path forward is. I need an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have you as a client. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Melinda, this has been an unbelievable treat, and I can't wait to have you back. I already have more ideas, and thank you. I'm honored that you shared your story today. Um, I feel forever changed from hearing it, so thank you. Thank you, Emily. I have had other opportunities to share my story. This was it. Oh, this was it. I just cry. felt it and followed my heart. And you are just what you're doing with this podcast and what you're doing with your readings and your mediumship. I just feel it from you. You are authentic and I just adore you. And I hope we get to hang out again soon. <laughs> oh, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you everyone for listening. And I will put all of the links to Melinda in the show notes today and look forward to us doing some more of this again in the future. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Things That Make You Go Woo. You can help me out by leaving a positive rating and a review wherever you downloaded this episode. Be sure and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Emily and Her Stars. You can also reach out via email anytime, emilyandherstars at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Things That Make You Go Woo.